I want me some glory hope. Football Glory Hole Recap Podcast for Super Wild Card Weekend. I'm your host, Bo Stevenson. I'm joined as always here on the sports patio by my good buddy, Longwood. We'll listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spreaker, iHeartRadio. We thank H and Glory Hole Singer returning in this week. All right, boys and girls, here we go with the good, the bad, and the hard. You fucking kidding me? And now it's time. For the good. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, that's just fucking great. That's just fucking great. The bad. This is bad. This is bad. Well, that's fucking not good. And the are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? God damn it. Are you fucking with me? And as always, we start off with a good, plenty of good this past week. Uh, overall, I got to say off the top, I think Longhorn had his probably his best podcast since like week seven. We had that fucking immaculate run through that week. Uh, man, he was really strong with most of his takes. So kudos to him right off the top. His best call, in my opinion, was the danger zone on Green Bay. Look, I have to admit, I didn't think there was any chance Dallas was losing that game and Longhorn I don't think you thought that either, but you did say that Green Bay, you know, had a really good chance to give them a game. Uh, I know we both had Dallas in, in some teasers, and uh, they destroyed that. But overall, man, great call on Green Bay to stay within the number, and then obviously they did so much more than that. So, what was your thoughts on the game? Oh man, I mean, we're, if we're starting with that game, there's so many thoughts on that game. What a just colossal effort by Dallas, but. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we. I, I never thought that Green. I mean, yeah, there's always a chance when you know it's a seven point game and you're calling, you know, a, a, a hey, look out, this one could get could get you know interesting. Yeah, there's a chance they can win, but my God, like that. Yeah, that I mean, a, by definition, there has to be a chance they can win if they're going to stay within seven. But but, but there's not going to be a blowout, and that was a blowout. Like I mean, that was you know they ended up losing by 16 points. I mean, really, that was a 30 point ass whipping. Like. What the fuck was that? And really, as good of a weekend as I had, and it was a good weekend, but like that that Dallas effort because I had some teasers, you know, like that one kind of that that hurt. That one that one hurt. Oh, it definitely hurt, man. That was so far beyond embarrassing for the Cowboys. Look, I don't know that McCarthy survives this, to be honest. And I have to be honest, like on one hand. I don't understand that because, I don't know. I said in the preseason, this is the same team. They had the exact same record as last year. They went into the playoffs, and they got blown out the same as last year. So that's what I don't understand about it. But I do understand it on the other hand because the difference was last year, 
you know, you played a team that was better than you and you got whipped. This year, you were a seven-point home favorite. We haven't lost a game in two years. And to a seven seed, which I know we've only had seven seeds since 2021, but there hasn't been one to win a playoff game yet until now. You gave up the most points in your franchise history in the playoffs. Where franchise has been around, I don't know, quite a long time. But what I understand the most is, to me, this game was an unreal choke job by the Dallas coaching staff. I don't know if it was McCarthy hubris or fear, but when you pass the ball at a top five rate in the league for 18 weeks of an NFL season and you come out and your script is to run the ball when you can't and haven't run the fucking ball all year, what the fuck are you doing? And on the defensive side, you play more man coverage than any team in the league. And you come out and almost exclusively play zone behind heavy blitz. So, I mean, basically all they tried to do was replicate what Minnesota did to Love in their first matchup, which that was Love's worst game of the year. So I kind of understand that. But it's a long time ago. He, and the second time they played him, he kicked the shit out of him. Yeah. And you can't change what you do in week 19 of the fucking season. This whole coaching staff. <clears throat> Yeah. Should be fired for those two reasons alone. You have to, like, you know, just. I mean, you don't have to. Like, fine, you can just keep rolling it out there and get your twelve wins, twelve wins a year because they are they are that they're a twelve win roster. Yes, they're going to win double digits every fucking yeah. year, and, and they're a twelve win coaching staff. But if you really just want to go over the top and get over this hump, which we didn't think this hump was going to was going to come in, in this week, we thought it would come against San Francisco. But I mean, just it's just. To, to do that and not have your team prepared, and it wasn't just X's and O's. It was it was they weren't prepared to meet the challenge physically. Like I mean, I noticed it on punts, kickoffs. Like they were just getting pushed around, and the urgency was just not there. And that's just that's all on the preparation. That's all on coaching, and it's all mindset. And and to you know to set the mindset that comes that comes from the coaching staff. It trickles down. You know, you get that urgency built throughout the week so that you come out like a like just a rifle at the beginning of the game, and it just wasn't there. So it, to me, to me, it's it is um, inexcusable. It's fireable. Now, yes, you do have to have good options to if you're going to fire a 12 win coach and in the playoffs every year. Coach, oh, by the way, this is probably someone. the best free agent coaching class <clears throat> we've had. I don't know, maybe ever, maybe I mean, ever. And, and you know, like the last time that Jerry hired. A coach that nobody thought he would, Bill Parcells, was you know when he was building the stadium and he had a lot going on back then, and he just wanted he wanted someone to focus on the uh, organization while he took care of the building of the stadium. This is the first time since that moment that I can, and you know Jerry's you know now he's like you know ten years older, fifteen years older, whatever however long it's been. It, this is the first time I could see him saying, you know what, I've got one more shot at this. This roster is good; it needs some tweaking, but it's good. Let me bring Bill in with a good roster, you know, maybe hope, help him out. Hopefully they, he doesn't, you know, you know, make all the draft picks and completely fuck it up. But with a good roster, throw everything at Bill Belichick and, and let's, <laughs> let's try to get one more. I don't think that'll happen. I'm not, I'm not saying that will happen. I just, 
to me, that that has to be in the back of Jerry's mind as he's, you know, I think he's over 80 years old now. Like, like let's get one more. Like, just you got the team. You just don't have the mindset. I don't think you have the quarterback, but you, there's been plenty of Super Bowl winning teams with with a quarterback the caliber of Dak. So, you know, you get the right coach in there, you get a couple player adjustments, then uh, you, you should be able to win, you know, at least get to the fucking Super Bowl. Like, this is just embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, it, they're the first. I heard that the first team to ever win 12 games, three straight seasons, and not reach the conference championship. Yeah, they can't even get the – yeah, I don't even know why I'm saying Super They can't even get to the conference championship. Like, it's just – They went out the wild card round two of those years. <laughs> this is what they do. And, like, that. how is this always – how are they always underperforming in the playoffs? I just don't understand it. I think you nailed it on the head, and that would be the quarterback, man. Like – yeah, but it was happening when Tony was there too, though. You know, like it's just uh, it's that just, one. The one year, yes. What was that? Oh, oh seven. They had the number one seed. Yeah, and they had it all out in front of them. That I mean, they had the bye, they had everything, and then the Giants came in. Which I know the Giants went on to win the Super Bowl. I get it, team of destiny. Blah blah. That Giants team fucking sucked. And they had it when uh, when the the catch game when Des, you know, caught he did catch that ball, but you know the way the rules were at that time, you know, whatever. But like. That was the divisional round. But that at least that was on the road. At least yeah. you were a dog. At least Green Bay was a really good fucking team. I mean, you lose that game. Yes, I understand the Cowboys should have won. But at least if you lose that game, you'd be like, God damn it. But Green Bay was really good. And you're facing a Hall of Fame quarterback and great. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, that's you cannot lose that game last you can't lose that game, period. I gave you guys the trend. It was twenty and two all time. And that's twenty and two straight up. So you can't lose that game at all, but to lose it the way they did, uh, I mean, and everybody keeps, and I get the coaching thing or whatever, and I'm 100% with you, it is fireable offense, but how many offensive coordinators, how many head coaches, like how many systems do we have to see Dak Prescott in until everybody's like, look, it's just he's not going to be able to do it in the biggest moments. Now maybe one year they get lucky and make a run, and that's where you're at at this point. Like, yeah, that's what it is. That's all. That's it where is. you're at. It's, it's it's the John Elway. It's the same thing. There's there's like ten quarterbacks like this. Josh, well, let's not lump John Elway in with Dak Prescott, sir. I'm, he went I, to six. What six Super Bowls? No, five. Sir? No, at Did least he? at least four. Okay, you, but I'm not saying four that, Super Bowls. Not apples to apples, <laughs> but what I'm saying is those type of quarterbacks that just can't like a Josh Allen that can't seem to get quite over the hump. They're, that's what you're at. You're at, like, can we just catch it that one year? They're not going to be Mahomes. You know, they're not – there's only – you know, every every generation, there's only, like, one or two Montanas and, and, and you know, name your, your great quarterbacks that always go back to the Super Bowl. It seems like there's only, you know, one, two, or three of those in a generation. Dak's not going to be it, obviously. So, you're, that is yeah, your no hope. Yeah, no doubt. Your hope is you get one good run. And you go to the Super Bowl and, and you take your chances. So that's where you're at. But I, I just don't think that Dak and McCarthy, that that combination isn't going to do it because both of them have their limitations. You can't have the quarterback and the coach have limitations. Uh, you got to have one of them that has Super Bowl pedigree, you know, uh, either the quarterback or the coach. If they both don't, I mean, it's weird saying that since McCarthy has won a Super Bowl, but I mean, <laughs> he he just doesn't. Ha- I don't think he has it. I don't think he has. I don't know what happened. What year was that that they won it with with Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers? Uh, was that oh nine or two thousand twelve? Somewhere around in there. Yeah, well, it just I, I don't know. It's Maybe. been a long fucking time. 
maybe maybe that team was just fucking the by far the best team in the league. I don't I don't really remember. No, nah, they were a wild card, I believe. Well, and I, but I mean, you did have you did have a Hall of Fame quarterback, and yeah. he went on the best run of his entire career in the postseason. So if you got that guy and he gets hot, anything could fucking happen, no doubt. But I mean, we saw Jalen Hurts last year, and I don't think he's going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. Uh, I like the kid a lot, but I don't think he's that. And he went and if he doesn't fumble that fucking ball in the first half, and Kansas City runs back for a touchdown, they might beat them by. I mean, I don't know how much how many points they beat him by. Well, they certainly probably would have beat him. I mean, like, but you know, that's kind of the point. Is like, yeah, you can you can win with these guys. Um, and I, you know, you should have known, like. All the talk, like Dak was way like, and I think this is the second or third time he's done this. He puts too much on the playoffs. Like, just go out and do what you normally do. Just like you were talking about with the game plan, like all this hype and all this, like that. You know, the, all the talk was which which the commentators only talk about these things if it's talked about in the pregame meetings with these players. Like, it's the narrative starts. From the players they talked to before the game, and the narrative coming in was Dak is so he's so ready, he's so get it, ready to get out there and prove all the and and, he, and he's excited, he can't wait to get out there, dude. Just fucking go play football, man. Like you're you're getting yourself too worked up. Um, so it's just I don't know. It's 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 a bad combination and bad loss. They killed a lot. Vegas loved that one. I can guarantee you, Vegas loved oh, yeah. that game because that one hurt a lot of people. One hundred percent. Yeah, no doubt. I'm sure it killed like 90% of the teasers that were in <laughs> Vegas for sure. Uh, definitely killed all of mine. Uh, I think that's a great point, though. Last thing I'll say about it is with Dak. Like, at this point, I wish somebody, like, I don't know, a sports psychologist, somebody would get in Dak's ear and say, look, man, your narrative as far as the public concerns is already written. You're a loser. You're a choker. So who gives a fuck? Just go out there and play football. And you know what? Let shit happen. And if you lose, who cares? You're already a loser. You and just go so, play football. And it's just so weird because so, he is really – his entire career, he came into the league as a rookie, as a really even kill, just uh, mature, beyond his age type quarterback. And it's like, dude, how do you lose it at, at those certain times? Like, it's just – it's really weird. So, you know, at this point, you know, like, like it we It is said. so weird, dude. And then he gets a look in his eyes. Mm-hmm. And it goes. All that calmness and that coolness it that he has. It goes away. All the you time. Can see the fear. Yeah, he gets shook. And it's like, dude, I, and I don't know if that's something that a coach, you know, the, a coach should be able to recognize and let's draw some stuff up to snap him out of that and bring him back into his, the way he is 99% of the time. Like, that's something that, that's a feel thing that, you know, can only happen when, when there's a magic on the field from a coach and a quarterback combination, and it was not recognized on the field by McCarthy or the offensive coaching staff, and it cost them because that thing went from uh, I'm a little bit shook to this game was fucking over like that. I mean, it was fucking lightning. It was done. I thought I thought we still had a chance at the obviously Dallas uh, winning the game and you know covering the teaser when it was twenty to nothing and they were driving. And it was getting to the two-minute warning. So I was like, all right, they score here, get the ball after the half, score again. Even if one of them's a field goal, who cares? 2010, game fucking on, 2014, best-case scenario. But when he threw that pick six and it was 27 nothing, that was fucking lights out. Just a quick in-game um, 
update. We're recording during the Philly Tampa game, and Tampa's up ten nothing in the first quarter. So let's go, Tampa Bay! But <laughs> I mean, stop scoring so many points. What the fuck? Like Philly, they are just. I mean, you know, obviously the the clients know we put out the Rams and Tampa on a two game parlay, and of course the the Buccaneers are going to go ahead and go and win this game, and, <laughs> uh, and uh, the Rams lost by one. So. We'll, right, get into, we'll get into that. Let's get to more of the good, uh, which just real quick, kudos to Green Bay. Um, my God. They move on to play San Francisco. Jordan Love looks so much like A.A. Ron flipping that ball off his back foot. And I get his people were wide the fuck open, and I get that. But dude, they were up 32 points with six minutes left. I mean, absolute dis- destruction, like we said, but... Got to give them all the credit in the world. They went out there. They made the plays. Jordan Love looked like the fucking veteran quarterback who had been there before, seen it all, done that. He wasn't shook in the least. He stood in there. He made third down throw after third down throw. I think we texted each other the exact same time after that one third and nine where he kind of scrambled to the right. and It looked like he was going to panic and throw it away. And he just, he's like, oh, I got time. And he just settled down and it's fired across the middle, wide open for like 20 plucking yards. I'm like, holy shit. What is happening right now? His now I know that that back pedal is has been in the repertoire of these Green Bay quarterbacks. It must be just taught, you know, in that system or whatever. But I I think he does it better than both the previous ones. That let little back pedal, buying time, buying time, scooting, but scooting back, but always eyes downfield. Like I think he might do it better than 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 Aaron and um and Favre. Like Favre was. You know, Favre obviously was is a gunslinger and, and can just do shit that nobody could do. But that that's I think what Love's signature is going to end up being is the buying time on the backpedal and just being able. He doesn't have a cannon, but he no. is, but he is just like backpedaling and just putting it right. That extra time is buying time for people to get open into those creases, and he is just he's putting them on the money. I'd love to see a team come out and uh, and play some man. And see, because he's finding these windows with that with that back pedal. I'd love to see if he can actually, you know, throw someone open that's that's you know in theory covered one on one the whole time, uh, maybe with some pressure coming. So that might be what you see next week in San Fran. But yeah, just what a what a tremendous turnaround and and uh, and a career that guy looks like he's bound to have, which should not happen. You can't go Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer to it's Hall not of Famer. To have it. I'm still holding on to that. So we'll see like it, you know when teams get a full year of tape going into next season, we'll see, you know, oh it, yeah. It, there's always that, you know, that next step you got to prove, but my god, like if he does it again next year in his sophomore campaign as an actual starter, they might be fucking, you know, they might be on their third one in a row, which just doesn't happen. It'll be interesting to see. San Fran doesn't play a lot of man coverage. I think they play just about the most zone in the league. Okay, that's good to know because you're going to see the same thing. He's going to buy time, buy time, buy time, and find those windows. Well, can't wait to see that game. All right, uh, moving on, some more good here. The Rams gave that out as a free pick, plus the three or three and a half. Uh, It was one of the free picks I gave out. We also gave that to the clients. Uh, That was my number one play of the week. Uh, Longhorn was on it too, obviously. I said the defensive, predictive, and preventative had the score at 22-21. I said, let's go for a more realistic score, say 24-21. It was 24-23. That's close enough. Hmm. Uh, Longhorn, I didn't watch the second half of this one, but looking through the box score, it was a pretty clean game on both sides. 
you know, slight edge to the Rams in the stats, but nothing egregious. Uh, I won't say Detroit didn't deserve to win. I think they obviously did deserve to win the game. Um, all in all, though, really good season for the Rams. Um, but Longhorn, your lines are moving on. So thoughts on them going forward and hosting a second playoff game for the first time in 30, like five fucking years. Yeah, congratulations to them. My thoughts on that game as a whole is the Rams are going to just be sick because they had so many opportunities to to win that game. And, and um, you know, maybe Detroit plays different if, if, if the Rams cash in all those red zone opportunities with touchdowns instead of field goals. Um, so, you know, maybe they, they play a little different going down the stretch with when they were behind instead of being ahead. But with that said, it was going to be a close game no matter what. These two teams, you know, they kind of found their their level and were, were pretty evenly matched. But the, the story came down to the Rams couldn't cash in in the red zone, and Detroit did. And it really was shocking to see the Rams go away. You know, you talked about Dallas going away from what they do. The Rams went away from the running game. And I and it was really weird to see. They, they didn't really try to run that much in the red zone. They tried to force it you know, a lot to Cooper Cup in the red zone, which is weird because RIP to him, he is he is not the same. He is that dude has fallen into um Adam Thielen type type territory where he's a he's a former all pro who is now gonna be just a really okay to good receiver. Like Puka Nakua is so much, he's so much better than Cup now. It is insane. He's the guy that Stafford was looking to all day long until they got in the red zone. So it was really weird to to watch what happened down there. I didn't particularly like the play calling. The Rams absolutely could have won that game. Hats off to Detroit for locking it down when they need to and getting those first downs to seal the game. But yeah, it was there for the taking for the Rams, and they just did not. They didn't convert in the red zone, and they got to be kicking themselves. Yeah, I got really lucky to hit the under on that game, obviously. Um, like you said, if the Rams cash in on their chances, then obviously they have a great – not only do they have a great chance to win, I think that you're right. Detroit probably opens it up a little bit more yeah. if they had to, and that game definitely would went over. So I got lucky on that one. Another one I got lucky on was the Dallas team total over. Uh, I needed every fucking trash time score for that to happen. So thank you, Green Bay, for pulling the plug with eight minutes left in the game when you're up by 32 to let Dallas go get two touchdowns and two two-point conversions. I needed all of it. The over-under was 29 and a half. So, whew. 60 passes for Dak. 60. 60. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. Uh, we both had the over on Cleveland and Texans. Um, that was no sweat at all. <laughs> uh, Cleveland Jeez. or Texans, I think, almost put that over by themselves. They did. Um, did they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, so the Pittsburgh game. We're going to talk about that. So all of my bets got canceled mm. on that. I did go back and lay the nine and a half which I bought the half point, which really pissed me off because I had I gave out minus nine on the podcast that I said I already bet on the open. And I did give out the third quarter money line as one of my best bets. That one pushed on the podcast. Um, Buffalo finally covered, though. A double-digit spread. Officially did close at 10. Uh, Mike Tomlin now, for the record, 0-2 straight up. And ATS is a dog of 10 or more in the playoffs. So keep that in mind. Next time somebody tries to tell you this is a Tomlin spot, quote-unquote, 
Tomlin's a losing coach in the playoffs, both straight up and ATS. Pittsburgh going forward has no quarterback. That doesn't seem to matter. Somehow they'll spare us all to death for fucking nine wins or eight, eight and one. And then they'll either barely make or miss the playoffs and they'll get their fucking head stomped in if they do make the playoffs. Because again, mm-hmm. overall, they're not a good team. The team actually fucking stinks. There's no way they should have ever made the fucking playoffs. But now they're out, and they will remain irrelevant for the foreseeable future. Uh, Buffalo, on the other hand, is playing Kansas City. Once again, Longhorn, in the playoffs. And I don't know about you, buddy, but I am excited to see another fucking version and chapter on two of the best quarterbacks in our game going at it in the playoffs once again. Fuck yeah, like yeah, I, and I love that it's in when we'll be in Vegas again. We've, we've, I mean, it seems like it's always on that. Uh, actually, last last year was Buffalo Cincy when we were. Yeah, there. Buffalo Cincy last year, but yeah. the year before was Buffalo KC. So yeah, it's like yeah. a, it's just kind of one of those traditions, and um, we'll get into that later. But man, this feels like Buffalo's year. It just kind of it's, feels like it, and it's fine. They finally get Mahomes away from Arrowhead, yeah. so. Yeah. Man, I cannot fucking wait for that one. Uh, one, two, and one so far for me on the free picks with the under on Tampa Bay and Philly pending. I need them to stop scoring immediately. Uh, so at best, though, big bag of nothing uh, for me on that. Um, if I hit on Tampa Bay, I'll win a little bit of money this weekend. If not, I'm going to lose about a unit. Uh, the Cows teaser, again, tank my pretty much my whole portfolio. I had them with Miami, uh, which I'll get into in the bad, and also with Houston, which Houston did their part. Thank you very much. So, uh, yeah. Other than that, for me on the good, uh, Buffalo won. I fucking survived the everlasting fucking Survivor League that I was somehow made to participate in. Uh, The other guy was just two of us left, and he took the cows. So, ouch on that for him. But Longhorn, anything else you got? Uh, I mean, the Kansas City, Miami. You doing that one later? Yeah, that's next in the bad section for me. Oh, okay. Then that's it for me. All right, moving on to the bad. Yep, that numbers geek pick of the week, teaser (laughs) on the Dolphins. Longhorn was clearly right on this game, and I was clearly wrong. Look, I thought Miami's D did a great job, honestly, you know, holding them in the game by forcing all those red red zone field goals. But, dude, Tua literally couldn't do anything. In that weather. And the worst part is his coach tried so hard to make it easy on him <laughs> by calling but nothing but behind the line passes and passes within five yards of the line of scrimmage. And he couldn't even complete those. My God, he is fucking awful. He's small. He's stupid. He has an, a below average NFL arm. He's a terrible athlete for his position. How he's even still started in this league is beyond me. In fact, He's going to a contract year in Miami. And if they're smart, they'll realize he's not the dude. They're going to sign him. And their coach can win double-digit games with a lot of quarterbacks in this league. So they need to start throwing darts in the later rounds of the draft. They need to sign no less than 72 undrafted free agent quarterbacks. (laughs) Literally work out every single quarterback that plays in the new spring league this year. They have got to find a real quarterback. Or they're just going to be the cows of the AFC. Double-digit wins. Division title here, there, and perpetually just on the mid-level fucking treadmill. So, Longhorn, thoughts on Miami and obviously uh, your Chiefs. They did you good on that. And then we kind of talked about them going forward a little bit, but just on this game in particular. 
Yeah, it was. I mean, just that weather. It's it, and that sucks. Going back to the Buffalo game, like, yeah, that sucks. That weather. That game got changed. Um, it changed the whole you know dynamic of that one. But this one, that was that was some good TV to watch. Even though the game sucked, like watching them play in. I mean, it's the coldest game I've ever seen anybody play in. That was that was unbelievable cold. That ball probably felt like a rock. Um, and it, but as far as as far as like Miami, somehow goes, everybody not named Travis Kelsey could catch the ball. Yeah, but you know, like you said, they they but Kansas City struggled too, you know, and like if it wasn't for some, you know, just uh like what was the hold on, I'm pulling it up now. What what was the halftime score of that game? Oh god, I don't remember. It was I'm looking it was sixteen Miami, to seven. Yeah, so, yeah, Miami was held in that game for a lot longer than they should have been just from their defense standing up in the red zone and forcing Kansas City to repeatedly kick field goals, kick field goals, kick and like they held them all the way in until the end where it was like all right, we're not going to do this. And then, of course, Kansas City gets the late touchdown to yeah. blow it open. But the defense gave all they could, man. I got to yeah, give did. kudos they to played, them. They played so. hard. They played hard, and I thought, and kind of held them in there. But um, as far as Miami going forward, they're in that in that same boat as kind of Dallas. Like you got, you only got one specific shot to do it, and it's get, it's by getting home field in Miami. Throughout the playoffs, that's the only way in that warm weather that Tua and that offense is going to be able to do that. And you're right, like they like they should just um, draft. They should cut bait with him, dude. Well, their cut co- like their coach is good enough and inventive enough. Like you know, we saw the league kind of catch it to him at the end of last year, and we're like, all right, well, let's see what he can do. Man. Well, I mean, they don't have to. Dude. They don't have to cut bait. You can just. I mean, I don't know what his contract situation is exactly. You can just franchise. He's him. going into his last year. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you can always do that. Yeah, just draft. But, I mean, Draft somebody and that's my point is you gotta at least have a backup play. You can't roll in there with Mike White and just hoping to which first of all, the first time two has been healthy for a full season. You really think that's gonna fucking happen again? I don't know, maybe it does, but who gives a shit? He's not the dude. He is not the dude. Period. I'd be looking for the smart this is this going to the draft. Look for the four year, five year starters that are smart and accurate. Throw all the other attributes out that are gonna that are gonna make these quarterbacks, you know, high first round picks or even second round picks. Look for these smart, accurate, and throw. And who cares about the rest? And throw darts at every single one of them until you find yourself a Brock Purdy that you can bring in there and possibly replace Tua. And you don't before you get him that fifty million dollar a year contract. Um, and because because you're right, that like the way they build their team, the way their offense is, it's just like San Francisco. Just get yeah. somebody that can be accurate. And make the throws on time. Be smart with the ball, and maybe have more than a just a um, shot put arm to get. Because Purdy has a way better arm than Tua. They're, like it's oh not, my god, it's yeah. not a great arm, but it's certainly better than Tua's. It's it's fucking at least league average. Tua's <laughs> arm is not NFL average, which we knew that coming in. And he's stupid. Right. Yeah, go get the guy that I, I talked about from uh, fucking South Dakota State for Christ's sake. He'll be UDFA. He's 6'2", 220. He's a goddamn engineering major who's all-conference uh, academic All-American. He's got a 4.0 as a fucking engineer. Like, go get that fucking guy. Give him a fucking run. Who gives – like, at least bring him in. See what he's got. Yeah, there's a bunch of those guys. Yeah, they're everywhere. Just fucking go sign them all. Go get them all. Yeah. All right. Also on the bad, we gave out Cleveland minus two and a half of the clients. Uh, it was one of my free picks on the podcast. Safe to say we missed on that one. <laughs> what happened? Well, nothing good for us. Look, I don't mind that loss, though, honestly. 
We got the veteran coach and quarterback laying less than a field goal. Yeah. I tip my hat to Houston. Stroud was great. Their defense scored 14 points, which is never a good thing when your money's on the other side. No. So, look, I don't really have any closing thoughts on the Browns, except that, again, that's another team that's kind of fucked at the quarterback position. At best, they have a slightly above average pervert making the most money in the NFL. At worst, they got a below average pervert making the most money in the NFL. Either way, not a good <laughs> recipe for to be successful in the NFL, especially in that division. Um but, yeah, my hat's off to Houston. They played a great game. Obviously, Stroud, being a rookie at home, making his first start, couldn't ask for anything more than what he did. He was rock steady. So, good win by Houston, bad loss by us. But, you know, that's one of those ones you just make that bet and you figure that most of the time, which most of the time it's like a 70%, you know, quarterback that has experience versus a non-experienced quarterback. Yeah. 70% of the time it works out. I believe it's 50-50 so far. This uh, wild card round, uh, this particular year, because you had two that lost, and obviously uh, Rudolph that lost, and this is all ATS, and then you had Stroud and Love that both obviously covered. So yeah, I think it's two and two this year. So fifty-fifty on a year on a seventy percent trend that happens. Uh, but yeah, that, I mean, it is what it is. We'll take that loss. I make the same bet. You know, you some you just sometimes you pay to see if someone can do it in their first opportunity and Stroud came up huge and Flacco just a man just he had one of those Dak performances like what the fuck are you doing uh, he picked the wrong time to remember that his name was Joe fucking Flacco 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 he just he was uh, it's not good not good Flacco <laughs> uh, that's about all I had though on the bad for us this week you know overall like I said Longhorn was great on the podcast uh, I was very middling and going to be very middling in my bets. So, but overall, you know, pretty successful week for the podcast and for the listeners. So, you know, one and one for the clients that you know didn't win any money there. So that always kind of stinks. But it's first round. We'll move on. You know, wild card weekend wasn't it great? Bunch of blowouts. It's fun. So bunch much fun. of fucking blowouts. It's so much fun watching these games. All right, moving on to the are you fucking kidding me? And. Probably what we're going to do on this section for the playoffs is replace that, unless there's something just egregious that we don't get to, which we probably will in all the games. We're going to do a little uh, recap for our preseason predictions, play our little game here. So oh, we got... You didn't warn me on this. I didn't. This is a surprise. All right. Start off with the AFC West. We both pretty much stunk in this division. Uh, we both had Kansas City. So it's one point for division winners. That's the easiest call. Two points for the over-under oh, getting that okay. right. So, I mean, what is your scoring system? I, I'm saying it right now. Same score system I've always been. One yeah. point for division winner. Two points for getting the over-under right. Three points for exact record since that's the hardest thing to call, obviously. Uh, we both had Kansas City winning division, 12-5. and five. So we both get one point for division winner. We get no points for their over-under because they went under their total. We both had them going over. With that record, uh, we both had Denver 10 and 7. That's a big zero for both of us. Longhorn had the Chargers going 10 and 7, so no points for him there. I had him going 9 and 8, so I get two for the under there. Their over under was 9 and a half. And we both get a big fat zero for Vegas. I had him 6 and 10, and Longhorn had him 5 and 12. They went over their total of, was it 6 and a half for them? I depending believe. On, depending on where you got them. Some people got somebody, some people hit the under, some people. Didn't it was just one of those ones that were on the line? Well, I had it six and a half grade officially, and I had six, and you had five, so I gave us both the loss. So, 
Uh, let's see. And they, they won nine games, didn't they? Um, no. I think they, I think they did. Eight. They won at least eight. So nobody won on the under. Yeah, I think it was eight. Yeah, so nobody won on the under on Vegas. <clears throat> um. All right. So after that division score, both Cephas three, Longhorn one. Oh, moving on to the NFC a, NFC West. We did pretty good on this one. Uh, we both had. San Francisco, well, no, sorry. Let's start with the bottom. Makes it more fun. We both had Arizona, 4-13. and 13. So, we both get two points for the under. We both get three points for the exact record as they went, 4-13. and 13. Excellent job by both of us. Uh, Longhorn had my Rams going 7-10. and 10. However, he still gets two points for the over because their over-under was 6.5. I had him going 8-9. and nine. I get two points for the over. Uh... I get no points on Seattle. They went eight and nine. I had them going under their total. Their total was nine exactly. Longhorn had them ten and seven. Well, originally had them ten and seven. Either way, I had them going over. Again, it was a push, so no points there. On the division winner, I had San Francisco going eleven and six. I get one point only there because they went over their total of eleven and a half. So I don't get that, and I didn't get the record right. Obviously, Longhorn originally. Had San Francisco winning the division, going 12-5, and five, which would have given him one point for the division, two points for the over, and three points for the exact record. That would have been a six-point team. But, oh, are you fucking kidding me? In the last recap episode, he said, and I quote, I'm going with my gut, and I'm changing it to Seattle winning the division. Boys and girls, what? His gut was really telling him was, hey, stop filling us with Coors Light and tacos, you son of a bitch, and don't ever bet on Geno Smith to win a division. So, he gets zero points for all of that. So, overall, eight points for me, seven points for Longhorn in that division, and that makes the total 11 to 8 after one round. Longhorn would have been winning 13 to 11, but he changed his pick. All right. Well, um, so as far as as far as all that goes, um, this will be interesting to to hear how this plays out on your scoring system. I don't, um, you know, it's nothing wrong. I, it's a seems like a perfectly logical scoring system. I don't know why you get three full points for getting a record exactly right, but um, sure, that, that's fine. That's well, uh, we both got it once. Uh, yeah. Almost, and for full, for just let everybody know, I have not listened to any other divisions yet. So this is all new. This is all going to be fun for me and grading it as I go. Mm-hmm. So I have no idea who's going to win this thing. So we're all going to find out together. So that'll be fun. So here's <clears throat> like, like, the, like I like, I like the scoring system of, you know, what you get points based on how, cl- how far off you were, you know, like, like if you pick, if you pick, if I pick San Fran to win 10 games and they win 12, I get a minus two, you know, it's just one of those things. But yeah, uh, are, are you giving bonus points for division winners, bonus points for Super Bowl winners? Like, how far are you taking this little point system thing? Well, it's one point for the division winner. Uh, and then we did, I think we only gave out, we I think we did conference championships and then Super Bowl. No, we did the wild cards too. Well, we did, but we didn't, like, say who was playing who and matchups and all that stuff. No, no, we didn't. But, yeah, um, sure. I think you'll probably win us because you. I think you probably picked more um, division champs. Oh, I have no idea. I have no. I literally don't have any idea. So 
<laughs> well, I do because I'm looking at it. And uh, actually, I don't know. Division champs only worth one. It's only worth one point. Actually, that's, I think what, it, that's why the the exact record thing is is really the key. Like how many, and that's why it's worth the most points because that's the hardest thing to do. I mean, you're gonna pick the exact record out of a 17 game season. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, I guess. I, I, like I said, I don't have a, a major problem with it. But you got to go through all the way through to the Super Bowl. Okay, well, I'll have to come up with a point system for you just getting a playoff team in there. Um, you should get points for a for a wild like the teams you picked to the wild card. You should get yeah, yeah, no, that that that's fair. I just have to come up with. I mean, it's got to be more than one. That's that's a really good pick too. So yeah, well, uh, no, if if division champ is only one, then wild card should only be one. Okay, because they're both because they're both going to the playoffs. So all right, so. Then one point for every wild card uh, we get right. So, oh, in that division, I know I had the Rams going to the wild card, and that's that's it for that. That's one. it. Yeah. So I get another point for that. So you, it's you twelve. So it's twelve to eight now. And in the West, uh, no, you did not. No, I didn't have any. The AFC West, we stunk at. <laughs> like we really fucking stunk. So do at. I not get a point for having San Fran as my wild card? Oh, yeah, you do. So, 11, okay. 12 9. Okay. 12 9. All right. Yeah, you had San Fran and did you have Seattle? Yeah, you had Seattle on the division. Yeah. Okay. So, you had, yeah, and then the West, I know I picked Denver for sure to go to the wild card. Nobody else, I had everybody else under their total. So, no, you put Cleveland there. So, you get a point there. Well, we haven't got to that one yet. Oh. Well, Cleveland just, oh, that's right. But we haven't got there. Okay. So, you're yeah. going to do one of these every week? One of these every week. So after the AFC and NFC West, it's twelve to nine. Me. So did far. Atlanta make the playoffs? I don't think they did. Mm. Stay tuned for that preview for the AFC and NFC South. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, that was it for the good, the bad, and the hard. You fucking get it. All right, Longhorn, time for some look ahead to the divisional round where we will be in Vegas as we always are. Got to collect our money on our season over under win totals. Uh, Those bastards got to pay us as they always do. But other than that, we have three games up on the board right now. Uh, Ravens hosting the Texans. Ravens currently nine and a half point home favorites. The 49ers hosting the Packers currently 10 point. Home favorites, some real nail biters coming up this weekend. Uh, and then Buffalo and Kansas City easily going to be the game of the week. Two and a half point home favorites for those Buffalo Bills. Yeah, and you know, the the teaser blood in me is already just unloading on KC up to eight and a half. And um, you know, can we just get some close games? Next weekend? Is that is that too much to ask for? If that game isn't a close game, I'm gonna shit my fucking pants and probably throw something. It has to be. So yeah, I'm I'm will be heavily, heavily uh leveraged on KC up to eight and a half. And um, you know, depending on which way the line goes, because I can I could see that dipping down to more like one and a half by it by, is currently juicing to three. Circa already has it at three. So it's going to go that is way. Coming in on the bills, hot and heavy. Uh, I've already bet the bills, and I've already bet KC plus two and a half. 
I teased that actually took the total up and took the under on a pretty good trend that I'll share with you guys on the big pod this week. Um, that will probably be the official do no long teaser, although I'm not done digging, so we'll see. And we got one more game coming up. The Lions hosting the winner of this shitty football game, Tampa Bay or Philly. One of them gets to go to Detroit, and uh, we'll see what the line is there. I don't know, Longhorn, what do you think the line will be? Let's say if it's Tampa. Tampa Bay and Detroit. Um, Tampa plus four and a half? Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it's probably four and a half either way if Philly somehow pulls this game out. I think just the public sentiment alone might keep them around that area, even though they should not be. They should be north of six uh, by our power rankings. But, you know... Things don't get priced quite right in the playoffs, which is good for us. So, uh, as far as the other ones go, I'm just taking I'm taking the dog on those big lines, just as a small you know flyer to start the week, and then we'll see kind of what they do. Yeah, it's pretty flat, nine and a half on the Ravens. Uh, the ten is taking money on the Packers a little bit. I see minus one fifteen at Bovada. And DraftKings, which those are two of the squarest books, so take that for what it's worth. It's 10 flat everywhere else, so that one's holding pretty steady. Uh, but yeah, money coming in on Buffalo, so if you like them at 2.5, you probably need to grab them now. Now, I'm not saying Longhorn's wrong that money won't come back in the Chiefs. I fully expect it to as soon as it, as soon as it hits 3. I fully expect money to hop in on the Chiefs. I don't. I think it's got to stay right around that 2.5, 3-point area. I really don't see this. I mean, it's a fair number. It was KC, what, minus two when they played Buffalo in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I think you get just the square flip around, and that's just where it's going to be. And Vegas is going to put it out there and let people line up on both sides, and I think they're going to get even money uh, both ways, to be honest with you, between the two and a half and the three. What time is it? Like, which, let's see, that is the... That's going to be 5.30 Vegas time on Sunday, or no, Saturday, no, Sunday night. Uh, that'll be the last game of the week. Of course it will. Okay. Why wouldn't it be? So they're going to make that one the last one? Yep. And then the Lions game will be the early game on Sunday at 2 p.m. Vegas time. And then on Saturday, first game up, Ravens hosting the Texans, 3.30 Vegas time. And then 7.15, God damn, Packers and 49 or so. They're making that the West Coast time slot for sure. Yeah. All right. Look forward to it. All right, boys and girls, that was it for the recap this week. Longhorn, tell them about that fabulous website one more time. All right, episode number oh, fuck. Uh, 186 is in the books, and uh, we look forward to seeing y'all out in Vegas next weekend. Uh, if, you, if you're not subscribed to the Revolution Network on YouTube, go ahead and do that because we'll, I'm sure we'll put out some videos, um, you know, the ones that I, that I approve for release anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will be bringing some, uh, what are those, what are those, um, those consent forms that, Non-enclosure. The the NDAs. I'll bring some NDAs (laughs) with me, have that in pocket. Is it bad that we have NDAs with our official logo on them? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. It's probably not a good sign. Uh, But, yeah, just uh, subscribe to that. Uh, Subscribe to the uh, podcast. And uh, if you do any of these things, we become partners for life in both Sivas, as always, in a mostly non-sexual way. People, stop throwing away your hard-earned money on a guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. Come on. 
Ah, damn it, people never pay a book again. Steven Tyler, take a selfie, baby.